This is the To Health With That, Naturally Healthy in No Time podcast for big health topics taken in small bites. I'm your host, naturopathic doctor Amy Nuzel, and this is season one, all about the MTHFR mutation. This week, let's talk about energy, MTHFR, and fatigue. MTHFR has its sticky little fingers in everything important, and energy production is no exception. In fact, fatigue is one of the most common symptoms that I see in my MTHFR clients. Truth be told, it's one of the most common symptoms that I see in all of my clients. Nevertheless, there is a link between fatigue and MTHFR, and like everything else about this mutation, it is complex and multifactorial. So here are some of the factors that can actually influence energy levels for us MTHFR folks. One is low neurotransmitters. If your norepinephrine, epinephrine, serotonin, or dopamine are compromised, or some combination of all of those compromises, which is highly likely with MTHFR issues, then your subjective experience of having energy is going to be very different from average. Mostly it's lower than average, but occasionally it can be higher, trending towards states like mania or hypomania, ADHD, agitation, or restlessness. Neurotransmitters are no joke, and they color our experience of ourselves strongly. Another factor is low melatonin. Melatonin is your main sleep hormone, and it's a direct offshoot of serotonin, a neurotransmitter. And it needs the same pathway, which is the BH4 pathway, in order to be formed. Poorly managed MTHFR issues can slow that pathway and compromise your melatonin production. That means poor sleep, inadequate nighttime repair functions, especially in your brain, which is something that you do not want, and also daytime sleepiness. Another factor, of course, is high inflammation. MTHFR is highly linked to inflammatory disorders, partly through the obvious pathway of increasing homocysteine, which is in and of itself an inflammatory marker, but there's also far less obvious factors like slowing down detox, increasing free radical production, and decreasing glutathione, which is one of the ways we cope with free radicals. Inflammation is far and away one of the greatest causes of pathological fatigue. There's a link to a great article about it, which also dissects different types of fatigue and fatigue measurement. And so if that's something you're experiencing, it can be a really interesting read. Another factor is oxidative stress or low glutathione. So MTHFR, when it's unmanaged or poorly managed, can increase resting levels of oxidative stress, meaning it leads to more free radicals and fewer effective antioxidants. This is partly because of the metabolic byproducts of a dysfunctional methylation cycle, partly because of impaired detox, and partly because of decreased glutathione production, which we talked about extensively, I think, last week, maybe a couple of weeks ago, not sure. Oxidative stress can be used as a marker of fatigue in healthy people as well as those diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome. And so obviously this is a major factor. Um, and I linked to, a, to an article that talks about using oxidative stress as a marker, which is actually quite interesting. Another factor is toxin buildup. You may recall that MTHFR is actively necessary for many detox reactions. And if those aren't happening, then the trash builds up. There's no other way to say it. Toxin accumulation certainly makes you feel tired because your body has a mountain of work waiting to be done and no resources with which to do it. That wouldn't make anybody tired. And lastly, but certainly not least, there's a cellular energy deficit. 
The Krebs cycle, which is your cellular energy production, cogs in with the folate cycle. And so if things slow down or get stuck at the MTHFR enzyme, then the production of cellular energy, called ATP, is affected. It might be a slight difference, maybe a small slowdown, but over time that can add up to a massive change in your body's capacity to produce cellular energy. Okay, so MTHFR and fatigue are linked. Now what? So obviously MTHFR is right in the middle of this problem. But digging your way out of fatigue, especially when it's turned into a deeper issue like chronic fatigue or adrenal fatigue, can be a real challenge. So where do you start? Well, with fatigue, as with all MTHFR issues, start at the beginning. Diet is always your foundation, followed by sleep. We've talked about diet quite a bit, and I won't beat a dead horse. But if you need a refresher, I've got a link to an article about folic acid toxicity and another about starting on an MTHFR-appropriate diet, which is high in natural folate sources. Diet is and always will be the first step for any chronic health issue, but especially for MTHFR. Skipping this step will likely make your issues worse, no matter what fancy drugs or supplements you throw at it. After you do diet, step two is sleep. I mean, let's really talk about sleep, because the sleep and fatigue link seems obvious, but sleep can be a really thorny problem, and it isn't always easy to fix. Also, in a weird demonstration of human behavior, sleep is often overlooked in the treatment of fatigue, which I find fascinating. So step one, practice good sleep hygiene. I know if you're a parent with young kiddos, or a shift worker, or anybody with schedule upsets, this entire idea makes you cringe, but really try. This means no screens one hour before bed, not even phone screens, no lights in your bedroom, cover all those little blinky indicator lights on electronics, the screen on your alarm clock if you have such an antiquated device, and windows and doors cover those completely. The best sleep truly does happen in real darkness. Set a regular bedtime every night, preferably before 10 p.m., and I know some of you are laughing uproariously right now. Also, really try, and I know this is another sticky one, but try to schedule at least nine hours for sleep. I know that's difficult in modern society, but if you're already tired, really try. Your body needs it. Set a regular wake time. It can seem counterintuitive to wake yourself up when you so desperately need sleep, but our bodies thrive on rhythms and patterns, and sleep-wake cycles are no exception. Keep your sleep environment quiet or use white noise. We are actually designed to wake up if there's unusual noise because it might be a predator and we're not so many steps removed from primitive humans. Make sure that noise is either very quiet or consistent. Also get some good light exposure in the morning, preferably to actual sunlight, you know, like outside sunlight. That helps your body establish a good circadian rhythm. And don't forget the caffeine. Stop your caffeine consumption by noon if you're having trouble sleeping. And I know that sounds really early, especially if you're like an all-day coffee drinker like I am. But try to stop by noon. You might actually find out that it makes a big difference. Another thing you can try is magnesium. Magnesium is a mineral that we all need in large quantities. It's responsible for physical relaxation, countering the actions of calcium, which is responsible for contraction, muscle contraction. It's also well-researched for sleep, both alone and in combination with melatonin and zinc. So, melatonin and zinc are other things you can try. 
Melatonin is your actual sleep hormone and also acts as an antioxidant for your brain. So there's lots of benefits here. We talked about it at length when we talked about MTHFR and neurotransmitters because, as we discussed, MTHFR slows down your own production of this much-needed hormone. And again, that trifecta, magnesium, melatonin, and zinc, is very well-researched even in chronic cases of insomnia. Now, in addition to working on diet and sleep, you also have to make sure there's nothing bigger going on. So talk to your doctor. Obviously, it's important to always talk to your doctor before you're making changes. And in this case, it's also important to make sure there isn't something else affecting your sleep or your energy. Fatigue is a common symptom, but it's also one of your body's best ways of communicating to you that something really isn't right. When there's actually a deeper pathology, this is one of the ways your body can signal it. Having your doctor test for common problems in terms of energy, like thyroid disorders or anemia or deeper sleep issues like sleep apnea. And also, looking for markers of chronic illness is important, right? This shouldn't be overlooked because while fatigue is common and lots of people have it, it's still not normal. If it's been going on for a really long time, I also want you to consider deeper fatigue issues like chronic fatigue and adrenal fatigue. If you have low energy for a long time without a clear cause or a clear pathology, there could be something bigger going on. And MTHFR folks are prone to both chronic fatigue, which has its own complete methylation hypothesis of chronic fatigue, and also adrenal fatigue. Both of these are really complex problems that will respond well, if slowly, to appropriate care. But to get appropriate care, you have to actually know what you're working with. Again, talk to your doctor, to your naturopathic doctor, a DABSI chiropractor, or a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner. Talk to you next week.